and welcome to the Ghosts and Folklore podcast. I'm Mark Rees, and on each episode, I investigate a different, weird, and wonderful subject, except for this episode, because on this episode, I'll be doing something slightly different. Well, not just slightly, something very different. Because on this episode, I'll be joined by a very good friend of mine for an end-of-year festive folklore quiz. Yes, we're going to have a festive folklore quiz with such cheerful seasonal subjects as the lost souls of the damned trapped in the Welsh waves and everyone's favourite Christmas-time visitor, the horse-skulled-headed lady herself, the Mary Lloyd. And I'm sure you are all asking yourselves which which eminent folklorist, which expert ghost hunter has he invited on to tackle such difficult questions? Well, the answer is somebody who knows next to nothing about ghosts or folklore. Or maybe they do. Maybe they'll prove me wrong and surprise me on this episode. But it is somebody who was with me during my favourite personal, potentially paranormal experience. Let me explain. Because whenever I do an interview for anything, I usually do a lot of interviews around Halloween time. And if you've ever read any of them or watched any of them, I'm always asked, have you seen a ghost or do you believe in ghosts or questions to that effect? And I always use the same answer for all of those questions. And the anecdote goes something like this. So, some 13 years ago now, I went on a ghost hunt in Kriganos Castle in the Swansea Valley. Now, Kriganos Castle is one of those super famous, supposedly most haunted in inverted commas, most haunted places in Wales, in, in Britain, in, in the world maybe. In fact, most haunted themselves did indeed go there and film an episode, as have many of the, the American ghost hunting TV shows and the YouTube people out there. It's a place people flock to because of the apparent paranormal activity that takes place there. Now, I'm not going to go into Kriganos's history in too much depth here, but it's primarily based around one lady who transformed this this mansion into a so-called castle. It's, it's not really a castle, just a fancy name given to it by a very rich Victorian lady. But it was transformed by Adelina Patty, this operatic superstar who is said to still haunt the place today. Now, during that ghost hunt, I was there with some colleagues of mine, some friends of mine who I was working on a magazine with at the time, and we were in one particular location, and we were advised to try out scrying. Scrying, as you may or may not know, is the practice of trying to communicate with a spirit by staring into a mirror, and and to cut it short, but the idea is the spirit would, would appear maybe on your face in some way and, and manifest itself through the mirror. And one of the, the sales girls who was with us sat down in the chair in front of the mirror and behind her was me behind one shoulder and my, my editor at the time behind the other shoulder. And as we watched this scrying experiment, expecting absolutely nothing to happen, but we were sitting there and she grew a moustache in the mirror. And no, you didn't mishear that. I'm going to repeat that, in fact. She grew 
a moustache in the mirror. Or she certainly appeared to grow a moustache in the mirror. And I can confirm she did not have a moustache when she sat down. And I remember me and my editor looking at each other in a kind of, you can see that, can't you, kind of a way. And then she grew a beard. And again, I can confirm she did not have a beard when she sat down. And about this point, she must have realised as well, because she she moved or jumped up in some way in a kind of, oh my God, I've grown a moustache or beard kind of a way. And with that, the, the, the spell was broken, as it were. There was that moment of jump, ooh, what's going on? And it was gone again. Now, Thinking about this rationally of all of all the phenomena that's been reported ever, I think women growing moustaches and beards is one of the more obscure ones. And there are potential answers here. I mean, the, the entire castle was set up for a ghost hunt. There was atmospheric lighting. There was some candles and things about the place. So I'm sure... I am sure if I try to recreate this, I might just might be able to explain it. But whatever the answer, whether there is a logical answer or whether there was the the spirit of of Grizzly Adams or somebody taking over her face to make this beard grow, I don't know. But it makes a lovely story. Now, the reason I'm telling you this is fast forward a few years and about eight years ago, I was back at Norse Castle with a good friend of mine called Chris Cara. And we were not there for any ghostly reasons whatsoever. Me and Chris were filming what was supposed to be this, this documentary, which didn't see the light of day in the end. But we were filming a documentary based on the culture and the food in the area. Now, as you may or may not know, I'm a big opera fan. And I said, let's go to Kragenos Castle. Let's do some filming in the theatre. Because it was in the theatre, this, this personal opera house that Adelina Patti had built for herself, that there was some quite unique, or maybe not unique, but certainly ahead of its time technology when it was built in the Victorian days. In particular, I wanted to focus on the floor in the theatre, on the stage, because the floor was designed so that it could slant downwards. And this meant you could hide the orchestra underneath the stage, making things much more much more compact. But if you needed to see the orchestra, then the, the, the floor on the stage could be moved again to reveal them. So I thought that would be a good place to go and do some filming while we were there. So we went underneath the stage. It was very dark and cobwebby under there. And there was myself and Chris and three other members of the team. We had two people operating the cameras and we had the director with us. And they set up the scene for us. And there were these big lights. And if you've seen a TV show being filmed, these big lights are set up, sort of big spotlights to beam the light onto, onto the bits that need to be highlighted for that particular scene. And these big lights were set up down there to illuminate me and Chris as we were talking underneath this darkened stage. And I said to Chris while we were there, with the cameras pointing on us, I said, Chris, you do realise this is the haunted part of Kragenos Castle? Because it was, that was the exact same spot we had done that scrying experiment some five years earlier. And as I said to Chris, you do realise this is the most haunted part of the castle, the bulbs in those lights illuminating us exploded. The bulbs exploded. Now, what happened next? I think me and Chris have slightly different <laughs> recollections of this, but certainly in my mind, Chris jumped out of his skin 
and it was captured on camera. Now, that footage has mysteriously disappeared since then. And for what it's worth, I was out of shot, I think, at the time. I probably jumped as well. I, I forget. But certainly, I certainly remember Chris jumping. Now, what happened there? Well, it could be one heck of a coincidence that I happened to be back in the same place talking about ghosts and this happened, and maybe it was caused by some dodgy electrics or some other reason. But anyway, that is the anecdote I tell anyone who asks me what my favourite personal paranormal experience is, because even if it wasn't paranormal, even if there was a perfectly rational explanation, again, like I assume there is, if I put some time into looking for it, maybe I could find one. Nevertheless, it was a very, very memorable experience. Now, why, you might be wondering, am I telling you all of this on an episode that's about a festive quiz? Well, my good friend Chris Cara, that very person who jumped out of his skin, possibly during that filming, is going to be my special guest on this episode. And he is the one who is going to try and tackle these fiendishly difficult quiz questions. But first, let's find out how Chris himself remembers the events of that day and how different they are to my recollection. And so, via the magic of the internet, I am about to summon Chris Cara. And so, to begin at the beginning... Chris, welcome to the Ghosts and Folklore podcast. I've just told everyone that anecdote about Kriganos. How do you remember the events of that day? Well, thanks for having me, Mark. Um, that day, uh, so we're looking about eight years ago now, uh, so my memory is a little uh, fuzzy. It was a very busy day um, filming. I seem to remember we were at the, it was the stage, wasn't it, the back of the stage, uh, and it was quite dark and eerie. I said I'm quite a I'm a healthy skeptic when it comes to uh, the paranormal, um, but we we'd been talking about uh, Adelina Patti's ghost, I believe, and then this light bulb just smashed, it exploded, it blew up, and I I remember I kind of turned and I was ah what was happening and it, it, obviously the light had kind of gone out and it was darker and. Um, I, I had that kind of, ooh, something's happening here. And it, it seemed like too much of a coincidence. Uh, I'm not sure what you actually think, but it, it seemed like maybe something was there. Do you agree? I, I think that's what makes it a, such a wonderful anecdote is it's probably a coincidence. It's probably dodgy yeah. electrics. There are so many explanations for it. But maybe, it, it, that's the great thing about ghost stories, maybe, just maybe, it was Adelina Paddy saying, look, Get out of my castle. I'm going to make these things explode. And I think the only slight difference is that when you said you turned to the bulb, I think I said you jumped. But, you know, we, we'll, we'll agree to disagree oh, no, on that I, bit. I, I, I'm, uh, yeah, more than happy to admit that I probably jumped. Uh, <laughs> uh, and it, it wasn't recorded on camera. I don't know, because I wouldn't like to see that footage back of me. Uh, <laughs> I probably what? jumped and some, uh, some choice words came out of my mouth as well. If memory serves, I think you asked the cameraman to delete the footage. So it's probably so it was recorded, but we no longer have it. And that's entire otherwise it, it would be all over YouTube by now. Yeah. <laughs> it, but yeah, whatever happened, it was one of those um, like in most haunted. It was one of if that was on TV, what we'd have uh, what we recorded, then that would have been the, the footage they used going into the break after the break. Yeah. Look what happened to Chris. Smash. Ah, that that's what we'd have uh, used. It was definitely the, the high point of the day when it came to uh, paranormal activity. 
Yes, yes. And, and and as I was saying, we weren't even there for paranormal reasons. We were there no. for arty-farty cultural reasons. We were there talking about opera. Uh, and nevertheless, the ghosts, the ghosts just seemed to follow us around. So it's a, it's a shame that didn't. It's a shame the entire thing never saw the light of day, really, because we're, we're talking about this program that no one's no one's ever seen. But you never may, maybe somebody listening to this is thinking, do you know what? I'd love to make a TV series with Mark and Chris hanging yeah. around Kraganos. Well, no, no, not, not just Kraganos, that would be a boring <laughs> series. Maybe, maybe someone listening will uh, will make it happen again. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's a shame we, we had some good ideas there. Uh, uh, so yeah, that'd be great eventually to see that, um, yeah, see the light of day there. Fingers, fingers crossed. That's a Christmas, Christmas wish. But uh, <laughs> and anyway, that, that was that was eight years ago, Chris. So besides uh, besides talking to me about folklore on this podcast, what what are you up to nowadays? Well, uh, I'm well. I, I'm not sure what you introduced me as, but uh, so I'm the author of uh, five books, and uh, which is, includes the Bluffer's Guide to Fitness. So I'm not sure if you actually read that book, Mark, uh, the the Guide to Fitness. But um, if not, I'm sure I'm going to get you a copy. Uh, day to day, I'm a health and well-being writer and a nutrition coach. Uh, I also run a relatively new uh, but fast-growing podcast, which is called Planet Health. And it's a global exploration of eating, drinking, and movement habits and what they can teach us about weight loss and healthy living. So I kind of virtually travel around, say, to France and see how the French eat and what we can learn from them and then to Japan and see what their movement habits are um, and then see how we can use it. Uh, how can we develop a healthier life? Uh, so yeah, it's it's nutrition, weight loss, um, healthy living, but with a, a kind of a fun global angle. Um, and yeah, so it's relatively new, but uh, if people enjoy uh, culture and uh, maybe want to feel a bit healthier in 2023, um, give it a listen. That's Planet Health. So moving on with the quiz quest. <laughs> We've got to have maybe a little outtakes bit right at the end. <laughs> um, oh, I'm going to leave that in. Sod it. <laughs> Mo- moving on with the quiz, Chris. Although yeah. Chris quiz or whatever, whatever I said. Um, yeah. As 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 we've we've established, this isn't your specialist field. So I'm no. hoping you at least have fun with it, and maybe everyone listening out there can, can join in. And I'm sure they'll 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 beat your score. And um, <laughs> maybe we should we should put some prize on it. Maybe if if you get ten out of ten, um, I will I will run a marathon or something. And if you get right, nothing, okay, yeah. nothing, you're going to spend all of Christmas uh, watching watching ghost stories. Which yeah, okay, yeah, per- perhaps. So I uh, see. I thought your listeners would have been cheering me on, but now I'm competing against them directly. Is that the case? I, I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> okay. I mean, th- th- this isn't this isn't interactive, but maybe on social media afterwards. Um, I, yeah. I like that idea actually. If anyone listening does follow me on social media, let me know if you're better than Chris. Yeah. Um, I I, am, I imagine so, but may- maybe 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 I'll be proven wrong. Let let's see how well this goes. Maybe, maybe I'll be eating my words in uh, in a short while, Chris. Okay, yeah, yeah. Who knows? Yeah, yes. uh, I think we already do know that it's going to go well <laughs> yes. for me. But uh, yeah, I'm uh, happy to give it a go. Well, the first question I've purposely made the first question nice and easy for you, Chris. Okay, and I know you know the answer to this because I told you the answer last week in fact you recorded me telling you the answer so if you get this wrong i know you're definitely not paying any attention to a word i say ever about folklore yeah now i'm nervous <laughs> it's about the mary light okay and I, sh- I should give a very quick 30 second explanation of the mary light to anyone listening who isn't familiar with the mary light because she does crop up more than once in this episode uh but the mary light the mary light is a welsh wassailing tradition that sees a group of men what well, traditionally men 
carrying a horse's skull at the end of a stick around the streets by someone who's covered in a white sheet. And that is the Mary. The Mary has a bit like Krampus has captured the imagination of people around the world at Christmas time. It's quite a distinctive image, this horse's skull. And it challenges people to a battle in verse, which nowadays has been compared to a rap battle. So the Mary Lloyd goes around the streets, banging on doors, challenging people to a battle in verse. And if she wins, if the Mary Lloyd wins, they then enter the house. And that leads us to our first question, Chris. And there's okay. two points or maybe two halves. Yeah, half point each. Okay. When the Mary Lloyd arrives, when she wins the battle, assuming she wins the battle and enters your house, what two things are known to appease the Mary Lloyd? What two things appease the Mary Lloyd? Ah, oh, see, now, yeah, I, I seem to remember you mentioning... Beer and cake. I'm going to give what you full points for that. Yes. Oh, yes. Hey, beer and cake. Well, cake, cake and ale, I think, is the technical. Cake and ale, okay. Corruption, but beer, ale, same thing, isn't it? Yeah. Right. So, I've actually got, got a notepad here, Chris. So I'm actually going to write that down. So, Chris, question one, one point. Excellent. Okay. I'm. Uh, yeah. I feel. Uh, I, I'm. Uh, yeah. I'm on. On the up now. Let's yes. let's go for the second. It's downhill question. from here. <laughs> <laughs> so number two. Number two is a straightforward question. All you have okay. to do is complete the sentence. Right. So complete this piece of Welsh folklore. The Welsh say, if you sneeze on Christmas night, your cattle will what? The Welsh oh. say, if you sneeze on Christmas night, your cattle will what? Mm, okay. Cat cattle as well. That's as in. Cows and things, not 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 yeah. cattle. Cattle. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Your cattle will. My instant thought was disappear. Um, I run away. I'm gonna go for. I'm gonna go for run away. Run away, Chris. Yeah. The Welsh say, if you sneeze on Christmas night, your cattle will. You clearly don't realise quite how gothic we are in Wales, Chris. Your cattle <laughs> okay. will die if you sneeze oh, on wow. Christmas night. They are dead. Your cattle will die. Wow. Okay. So, so yeah, that's big fat zero for that one. I'm afraid. Okay, that's fine. One, <laughs> well, fifty fifty at the moment, fifty percent. So uh, <laughs> yes. I can't see that uh, percentage lasting long. But okay. <laughs> right. Number three, slightly longer question again. Now, now at Christmas, a lot of people like to go for a walk, Chris, as as you know, as you recommend, yeah. uh, with the family. Maybe they go for a walk before the big meal. Maybe it's on Boxing Day. And if you're lucky enough to live by the sea, like we do, different parts of the sea, but we both live quite close to the sea on christmas yeah. it is said the seas of wales are full of ghosts and i'm going to read this quote to you from folklore again and what you need to do is there are two other times of the year this also happens what other two times are they so the quote goes white waves were watched with awe and the old people used to say they were the spirits of the departed who had met their death by drowning they believed at christmas and at two other times all those who were drowned in the sea that year came up to ride over the waves on white horses and held remarkable revels. So three times of the year, spirits ride the white waves of the sea around Wales, Christmas, and what two other times? Um, see, um, I, if I had to guess, I'd be going for I'd be going for Easter and Halloween. Chris, full yeah. points again. You're, you're joking. Can you believe it? Yes. 
<laughs> well, I mean, I mean, okay. te- 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 technically, it's Easter and All Hallows Eve, as it was written back then. But you know, yeah. same thing, isn't it? Oh wow, Norse Karangayev. Uh, yes, this is brilliant. Okay, yeah, excellent. There we are. That, that was a that was really a, a complete guess. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that. Right, carry on like this, Chris. And I might be, I might be running that marathon. Yeah, <laughs> there yeah. There might be people on uh, social media that you don't beat. Right. Oh, oh, pa- yeah. Perhaps I'm going to uh, start my own uh, Welsh folklore podcast. <laughs> yes, <think>, yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. There's scope for that now. I'm Mark Reeson. Welcome to my fitness podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Number four. Number four. Now, this is one of my favorite bits of festive folklore, but sadly, it hasn't come true for me yet. But and this is another quote. It was said in the older folklore that spring water drawn on Christmas turned to wine, but only for an hour. At what time on Christmas did spring water, if it was drawn, turn into wine? So spring water turns into wine for, for one hour. For one hour um, on Christmas. See, for me, I'd be thinking it's got to be one of the either midday or midnight. Um, so I'm going to... Well, g- give, me, give me a... Because it's for an hour. So give me a, oh, start, right. give me a start time, say. So, okay. f- f- for example, say between three o'clock and four o'clock, you know, or whatever okay. it is. Okay. Well, in that case, I will go for between 12 midday and 1 p.m., that's fantastically close, Chris, but it's between Ooh. 11 and 12. You're one oh, hour out, I'm afraid. So. Uh, see, I was thinking that, and then I thought, oh, the morning, with wine in the morning. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, okay, very. Big oh, fat zero again. But, yeah, uh, okay. but at, at least you know when you can get free wine on Christmas now. So that is the time to go out, to go out and get yourself some booze. Yeah, or, or get myself some water and uh, yeah, allow oh, some water. Wine. Yeah. If you want to be healthy about it, yes, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but uh, between eleven and twelve, then it's going to turn into some lovely wine, and I can also, get yes. get my drinking in then, and uh, I'll be yeah, nice yes. free free wine. Yes, one step ahead of me there. Yes, right. Moving on to question number five, Chris. Number okay. five. Uh, the next one is the Yule log or the Christmas log, which I'm sure you've heard of. It's not it's not unique to Wales, uh, but in Wales. The Christmas log or the Yule log, whatever you want to call it, it was lit on Christmas Eve. And before it burnt out, it was replaced with another log. So the fire was continuous. You know, there's no break. So the flames from one log then light the other log and so on. They did this because they believed it kept what away from the home? What did this continuous burn in keep away from your home? Initially, when you said Yule log, I thought you meant the chocolate cake uh, because that's a, that's what they call the Yule log now. But I realised you're yes. actually talking about an actual log. Um, th- th- that's right, isn't it? So it is. Yes, they were they weren't burning cake. <laughs> so so uh, sh- shocking, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Instantly, I'm gonna think something like uh, evil spirits because that that makes the most sense. So I'm gonna go for evil spirits. Evil spirits is, is usually a very good guess with with yeah. Welsh folklore. Evil spirits does crop up a lot, but sadly not for this one, Chris. Okay. This one, it keeps away witches. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. It's away witches, it- which, which is a shame because witches are lovely, but there you go. Keeps away yeah. witches. No point. So, <laughs> so if, you, if you want witches in your house, which I do, just don't don't go burning logs or cake or yeah. anything. Don't, yeah, but don't burn anything and uh, attract witches. Okay, that's, yes. uh, that's good to know. So that's number five. Number six, uh, we're going to stick with the Yule Log, actually, Chris, as you know so much about it. Yeah. Uh, the Yule Log, it would cast the shadows of people in the room onto the wall. I'm sure you can picture this scene, sort of people's shadows being cast yeah. on the wall. Um, but it's a very good scene in the film Sleepy Hollow, if you've seen it, with shadows and things going on. But picture, don't picture Sleepy Hollow, picture a nice, cosy family fireside gathering in Wales. And these shadows are being cast on the wall. But if somebody's shadow was missing a head, what did that mean? If their shadow was missing a head, so you only saw the outline of, well, the rest of them minus the head, I guess, what did that mean? 
See, my initial thinking then is going to be, it instantly goes to death. Um, it's going to, I, I, I guess it's, they will die in the following year. <laughs> is that morbid? I think Spot it's morbid. on, Chris. Spot on. You've, you, you've you, learned, you've learned this, this gothic lore. Yes. Have, uh, uh, is that right? That's exactly right. They will die within a year. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that's that's incredible. That's wow, almost I, word for word. Chris, if, if I didn't know you better, I'd, I'd imagine you were sitting there with books of folklore around you cheating quickly. But no, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, spot on. Oh, wow. Okay, that, that's that, that's really good. I, I genuinely didn't think I'd uh, get any questions right here. So I've got three, I think. You're so. flying. you right? three. Yep, three. Wow, okay. Right, Great. moving on to number seven. Um, now, this one, the word Kalenig, uh, and I'll spell this C-A-L. E-N-N-I-G. Uh, it's a word that's got similar origins to the word calendar, uh, right. and it crops up at New Year's. Now, it, in Wales, it does have different meanings slightly in different parts of Wales. And according to the great Ronald Hutton, I'm, I'm assuming you aren't familiar with Ronald Hutton, Chris? No. He doesn't yet. write about fitness, but he's an incredible writer. <laughs> um, according to Ronald Hutton, uh, it was also uh, popular in the Forest of Dean as well, but certainly in, in our part of Wales in the south. Kalenig was an object. It was a thing that rested on three sticks like a tripod. So if you can imagine, like like a camera would be held on three mm. sticks. Yeah. And if you wanted to pick it up, it was skewered. So you skewered something into it to pick it up with the skewer because it was balanced on a tripod. So what was the main part of that Kalenig? Hmm. Oh God, I don't even have anything. Nothing sprung to mind. Let, uh, let, actually, that, that, is, that is a stupid question, really. Let, let me give you a little bit more. Let me give you a full description of the clinic. Okay. But I'm not going to tell you what the what the answer is to that main thing, right? So, yes. This description again comes from the great Ronald Hutton. Resting on three sticks like a tripod, smeared with flour, stuck okay. with nuts, oats, or wheat, topped with thyme or another fragrant herb, and held by a skewer. So that might help slightly. It's smeared with flour, covered in nuts and things and fragrant herbs. But what is the main central part? Now, originally I was thinking something like a meat, uh, but now I'm going to go more for a a bread. Your final answer? <sighs> See, now, now you've got me thinking. As Chris Tarrant uh, might say. Oh, it's yeah. not Chris Tarrant anymore, is it? As the other guy. <laughs> Jeremy like Clarkson. Jerry Clarkson. Is that your That's final seven, answer? Yeah. Someone um, I've, never, I've never quoted Jerry Clarkson on this podcast before, but there's always a first, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, see, so, you know, yeah, I, I'm going to... So my initial thought was a meat, but you said flour, and I, I'm thinking of bread. Uh, whatever happens now is going to be very, very annoying because I'm not going to get it right. So I'm going to go back and I'm going to go for... No, I'm going to go for uh, a bread. Let's go for a bread. Go for bread? Yeah. What what does what does Jeremy Clarkson say when people get questions wrong? I I dread to think that there's a noise. It's <laughs> <laughs> like that. <laughs> there, there you go. Thank thank you for the sound effect. Uh, um, now now me me personally. Um, yeah. There was two options here. Um, again, thanks to the great Ronald Hutton. Personally, it's always been an apple, as far as I've known. Oh, right. But apparently, it can be an orange as well. So either either okay. of those would have been okay. But an I, apple I, or an orange is the central part of the Kalenig in in the south of Wales, at least. Like I'm happy it wasn't like a meat or something, because if it was a meat, then I know I, I would have been half. I, I would have been almost right. So yeah, that's fine. An orange or an apple, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. Very fruity. It sounds a bit like a sort of a mince pie, doesn't it? But less, yeah, le less mashed up and less. Actually, it doesn't at all. Does it? it's nothing like a mince pie? But you know what I mean. It's that, <laughs> no. that kind of thing. Anyway, moving yeah. on. Moving on. Number eight. Uh, number eight. This is a quote again. Yeah. In the early part of the nineteenth century, people firmly believed that between eleven and twelve on Christmas Eve, and the first hour of Christmas Day. The cattle knelt down in reverence. So there's a few things here which have cropped up already in this episode. So we've got between 11 and 12 again, although yeah. this is 11 and 12 at night and then okay. into the first hour of Christmas Day. 
cattle, the good old cattle are back. They would kneel yeah. down in reverence. I mean, if, if you haven't worked out the symbolism here, you know, because it's the birth of Christ. And yeah. so midnight, the next day, the coming of the Lord. Uh, now, 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 most people would be asleep at this point, um, you know, because obviously Santa's on his way. You don't want to be up and about hanging around with oh. cattle. You want to be in bed sleeping. Of so course. Santa comes in and, and fills your stocking and stuff. But if you happen to be, if you were some heathen who was outside in a field at midnight and you saw this taking place, you saw these cattle kneeling down in reverence of the Lord, what would happen to you? And hmm. <laughs> seeing sleep because of this, the way this podcast has been going, I'd be saying death, but I'm not going to go for death this time. Um, uh, if I was really Clarkson, I'd have four options for you, wouldn't I? Yeah, yeah, you, you would. Have, yeah. You death or, you know, <laughs> yeah. would, would they throw a party for you or something? Yeah. Or? Um, what would happen? I, mm, so I, I don't really have anything other than death at the moment. So uh, I, I, but I don't want to go for death. I don't, I'm sure there's a listener out there screaming the answer at me, but uh, mm, I, I, I'm going to go for death because that's all I can think of at the moment. Final answer? Yeah, I can't even think of what else would happen if you're out there. Um, oh, something like you you may... F- no, okay, death. <laughs> Let's just go with it. Death's quite a safe answer on this podcast, I see. Uh, Chris, think. Chris yeah. the answer is death. Oh, well, there we are. Well, the person who saw them would uh, die uh, within a year. So you weren't, you weren't quite that specific, but death, death is... Well, uh, a good answer. Th- I think, yeah, genuinely, uh, th- th- there's a good answer for anything on this podcast. Okay, death. Brilliant. <laughs> right. Okay. Question number nine. And the answer to this question may or may not be death. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Once more, complete the sentence. If a man sees a woman first on Christmas morning, he will have what? Mm. So, so you, yourself, Chris, you're a man. If you wake up and the first yeah. person you see on Christmas morning is a woman, what will you have? Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, and d- d- I'm, this isn't specific in the folklore, I'm assuming they mean when you're up and about and you go for a walk. I mean, they, they, they can't mean your, your wife lying next to you yeah, or something. Yeah. Or, oh, well, maybe they do. Let, let, let's, let's get your answer and then we'll debate whether or not it includes the wife. See, I was going to say something like uh, to do with uh, pregnancy or fertility. Like if you see a, a woman, you will have a, like a baby girl or something. But then that seems too specific and um, obscure. Uh, uh, yeah, and it's not death. It's, <laughs> I don't think you just, um, it might be death. It may be death. It, it, we know it's a safe choice. Uh, little, I, I, of course, I'm there'd be a lot of dead men, wouldn't there? If it was, yeah, death, like, <laughs> yeah. So if you, if the first thing you see is a, a woman, you will have come here a, love, a lovely, a lovely Christmas day. But that, that doesn't seem appropriate for this podcast. <laughs> sounds like a line from Father Ted, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm gonna go for you will. Oh, maybe you will have you will have a child in. You will have a child in the next year. I don't know. Uh, that's yeah. Final answer. Yeah, I guess. If a man sees a woman on Christmas morning, he will have what you said, child. Yeah. The answer is sorrow. Oh, if right, you okay. see a woman first on Christmas morning, you, he, sorry, he, if you're a man, he will have sorrow, right, which, is okay, why, yeah. which is why I think it can't, it, it can't be wife, can it? Because pretty much every, every man married to a woman would have sorrow, wouldn't they? Which, uh, although which would be a <laughs> lot of people. I'm not, <laughs> yeah, not going to make any comments on that. <laughs> Well, it's not for me to say, Chris. Yeah, well, so there we are. It's sorrow. Okay, very sorrow. So let's, let's put, let me just write a zero next to number nine. And number <laughs> 10, you'd be glad to know, number 10 is the last question, Chris. Excellent. <laughs> now I'm enjoying the quiz. It's, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, go on, let's have it. Number 10, 
We're going to end as we started with everyone's favorite folkloric visitor, the Mary Lloyd. Okay. But what does Mary Lloyd mean? What does Mary Lloyd mean, Chris? And if you'd listened to every episode of this podcast, I think this is 108 now. If you'd listened to the other 107, you would know this. So, you know, I, I have listened to the podcast uh, several times, but um, rarely around Christmas. Uh, so, so I'd want to instantly I'd think like zombie horse because that's kind of what. Uh, but no, hold on. Mary Lloyd. Mary. I'm trying to think of my my Welsh knowledge, which is yes. minimal. <laughs> so I, I imagine your Italian is better than your Welsh, Chris. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, oh, yeah. It, it would be. Yeah. Um, no, I um, Mary Mary Lloyd. See, Mary Mary. No, um, it, no. Uh, I I don't even know what Lloyd Lloyd is. No, it could be like spirit. I I think spirit could be there because it's horse spirit. No, Christmas spirit. No, because that's uh, again. I'm pretty sure your listeners now are probably screaming at me. Um, I think I'm they're probably laughing go at you, Chris. They're probably enjoying this guessing game. <laughs> how, how, how your mind works. Yeah, let's... Uh, spirit of... Festive spirit. No, I, because I know it's an... Oh, okay. Screw it. Festive spirit. So, Mary Lloyd means festive spirit. Yeah. There's a couple of potential... This is a slightly a trick question, Chris, because okay. the, the honest answer is nobody actually knows what it means. But okay. there are some very good guesses. And the, the standard answer is that people assume it must mean grey mare. Uh, and the reason right. for that is Lloyd or Lloyd is the Welsh word for grey. Yeah. And, and then Mary mare, as in female horse mare. So grey mare is how they translate it. But okay. because nobody really knows where the name comes from, Mary, of course, is well. I say, of course, I, I, I was if, if I was on your side, I would have shouted at you for this bit, Chris, because you, you did you did touch upon this. Mary yeah. is the Welsh spelling of the name Mary, which right. at Christmas time, of course, the Virgin Mary is a, is a central part of Christmas, and yeah. there are some people who think, as, as bizarre and as morbid as it might be. But when you look at the Mary Lloyd, this horse's skull, it does have that sheet over it, which does look like, you know, someone looking for shelter in Bethlehem at the, you know, the wrong time of year, doesn't it? So yeah. there, there is a possibility, you know, which, which some 19th folklorists put out there, that maybe it has biblical connections and maybe it means blessed or holy Mary. So Mary would have been OK. And my, my favorite guess which is probably not right, but I, I like it anyway, so I'm going to use it, is that the word marry, some people think, was originally maru, which is only one letter off. So M-A-R-W instead of M-A-R-I. And maru, Lloyd, means your favorite answer, Chris. Grey yeah. death. Grey death. <laughs> <laughs> what, what a fantastic, which is probably more in line with what you were thinking with yeah. e evil spirits of Christmas or whatever, whatever your answers were. Uh, yeah. 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 I, I, no, I think I said it was a fest, festive spirit, which sounded nicer, but yeah. De yes, oh, yes. But yeah. Okay. Festive so, spirit's a bit more Dickensian, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Okay. So, well, so that was a, obviously a, a no point. So what was the final score? Well, the good news, Chris, is you had one, two, three, four out of ten. That's not bad. Which, you know, let's let's be fair. You know, it, it, if you'd had none, we wouldn't have been surprised. So four is, I think, is a fantastic score. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely very happy with that. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure where, how I can use this to my advantage, but uh, yeah, I, I, I'm very happy with that. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't write it on your CV or anything. <laughs> no, gonna... no, but well, uh, yeah. <laughs> Dear expert employer, yeah, expert I'm, I'm, not, I'm not rubbish at folklore. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. Well, yeah, th thank you for uh, for that quiz. I I definitely learned something, and I can hopefully uh, uh, explain some of these cultures uh, and folklore to people around Christmas and 
who who may or may not be interested, I'm going to I'll sh- I, I'm good at shoehorning, so I'll shoehorn it into a conversation if I can. The Mary Lloyd and death. You don't need to shoehorn it. Everyone loves Mary Lloyd, and of course, Chris, <laughs> we, we we should mention as well because we we are both in Wales. We are both. Uh, I, I'm assuming you consider yourself Welsh, but yeah. you 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 are you're much more global than me. You've spent Christmas in Canada and places, and you've got your Italian connections connections. So I'm yeah. sure you know a lot more about the Christmas folklore in Canada and Italy than I do. And and maybe next year you can quiz me on those. Yeah, yeah, possibly. Yeah, okay. That that could be a good one, actually. Yeah, next year. Okay. And maybe a nice way to end this, Chris, would be yeah. I've now given you a quick lesson, like a quick quiz, I guess, but a quick, quick lesson at the same time in Welsh folklore. This Christmas, I'm probably going to spend more time drinking wine and eating cake than, than being active. Do you have any quick tips for, <laughs> for, for, for for lazy slobs like myself? Well, I'd say because it's Christmas, uh, it's fine to indulge. Uh, th- this is the time where people, sometimes they feel a bit guilty because they're eating, drinking so much. But it is Christmas. It's that time where it, there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of tempting foods. So it's fine to indulge. But I always say to people, if you're going to indulge, indulge slowly. There's no need to, you've got that box of biscuits in front of you you don't need to just mindlessly slam them all down just try to eat them slowly and enjoy them for what they are and actually the slower you eat the less you eat over time because you're gonna because you're gonna get fuller quicker also fill up on vegetables you know when you're eating christmas dinner that you may go straight for the pigs in blankets and the stuffing balls and the meat if that's uh, what you eat Uh, perhaps more the calorific uh, things swimming in oils and fats so uh, fill up on vegetables have your your swedes and your turnips and your parsnips and your sprouts and my favorite uh, and then indulge in your uh, pigs in blankets and uh, turkey and mince pies and after and you should be a bit fuller the other the other tip i'd say is you don't have to go out to the gym and be doing pull-ups and uh, whatever during christmas but try to get out for a walk because walking is a very very powerful weight loss tool not just for weight loss but for strengthening your heart and keeping the nutrients moving around your body walking is just one of those things which is really underrated so it's that kind of just after your christmas dinner go out for 10 20 minute walk around the block hopefully it's a nice frosty clear day and um that will help uh, your digestion uh, well you, you know what digestion is like on christmas day after all those treats so there's a couple of things you can do uh, to recap walking eat slowly and yeah um fill up on veggies uh, so uh, by the end of christmas now mark i expect to see you svelte and feeling healthy is that what gonna happen well i'm certainly gonna watch all the bbc ghost shows that are coming up <laughs> okay um, there's the new mr james adaption and maybe right. in between all that spookiness maybe I will find some time to do some of your tips. But no, in fairness, I do a hell of a lot of walking, actually. So walking Good. walking is definitely top of my list. And that, that's something I'll be doing as soon as we finish this conversation. So I'm going to be putting my walking boots on now and uh, heading off out. Um, no, no, I'm not. We haven't done this thing yet. Um, I'll, <laughs> hang on. As soon as we wrap this up, I'm going to put my walking boots on and and get get away from this because it's all getting a little bit silly now and let's move on <laughs> finally chris before i go off and let you enjoy your christmas what what plans have you got for the for the festive season and for the new year right well uh i firstly i'm going to be uh, editing the podcast we did uh, so uh, which should be out by the time people listen um we, we did a podcast uh, episode on my own podcast that's planet health uh where you came on and we tried to get some uh, welsh 
well, cultures and traditions that are deemed healthy. So we talked a bit about Welsh food and um, so I, I won't spoil it, but if listeners do want to check it out, that's uh, Planet Health. Just search that on uh, Spotify or Apple and uh, uh, or follow me on uh, Twitter. You can find uh, I'm at Forza Cara. So F-O-R. Z-A-C-A-R-R-A. I'm sure Mark will tag me in uh, things uh, and you can check that out. But after editing and uh, I kind of put the podcast aside, it'll basically be um, celebrating with uh, my daughter. She's uh, three and a half years old. So this is uh, it's her fourth Christmas at the age of three and a half, but uh, she'll be uh, fully aware and she knows everything about Santa. She doesn't know about the Mary Lloyd yet. <laughs> I'm not going to keep that until she's a little older. Uh, but maybe I could scare her with some zombie horse. So she thinks Santa's coming uh, down the chimney. <laughs> I scare her with a, a zombie horse, uh, a horse spirit. Um, so Chris, yeah, you, have, bit... you have to do it now, Chris. You have to. Yeah, that has to happen. To. How, how, how can you torment your daughter at three and a half years old? <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much what I'll be doing. I'll be Having, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of uh, keep my fitness and uh, nutrition uh, regime up, but it's not much of a regime at this time of the year. I tend to kind of blob into red wine and mince pie mode. So, uh, yeah, I, I will be enjoying some red wine, mince pies and uh, socializing. And, uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much it um, for me. So it's not just the lazy, useless people like me, Chris, drinking wine and eating cake. E- even the super fit people like you are out there drinking oh, wine oh, and eating yeah. cake as well. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, y- you know, you have to... The thing with health and fitness is you, you've got to have some indulgence and some enjoyment because it keeps you on that track through the rest of the year. Because if you have to live clean and healthy and fit and always moving, and it, it, it gets tiring. So you need to enjoy your recovery and uh, indulgence because life is there to enjoy and to, to live, isn't it, after all? So, uh, I mean, I enjoy walking and uh, deadlifting and, uh, and that, that, when I say deadlifting, that's lifting a very heavy weight off the ground. It's not something from uh, Welsh folklore. Well, back folk to death law. again. <laughs> yeah. So I can imagine you do deadlifting, but it's something that you stand over a grave and uh, recite some poetry. <laughs> the, 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 the rumours are untrue, Chris. <laughs> no, nobody saw me in that graveyard. <laughs> and, and on that note, that was, that, was Sorry, quite, yeah. that, that was quite motivational for a moment, Chris. I was going to say, what a lovely way to wrap things up. And then, then we lowered the tone totally once more. But if people, if people want that uplifting go get them side to Christmas, then as you mentioned, please go and check out Chris's podcast. I do pop up and spoil one episode. Um, <laughs> and in hindsight, Chris, maybe maybe you should have recorded yours after mine because you yeah. were quite nice to me. We had, a, we had a lovely chat, didn't we, about, about health and fitness and folklore? Yes, yeah. And then I invite you on mine and I, and I embarrass you with these terrible <laughs> <Yeah>. questions. So, <laughs> Don't so, worry, there's, there's always next year, Mark. Uh, I'll remember this for next, the next, next year's next podcast. Year, we, we, yes, we'll, <laughs> we'll do it the other way around. Excellent. And before, well, before before I kick you out, Chris, any any final words? Um, no, I think uh, thank you very much for having me. I've, I, I always enjoy learning a bit about uh, Welsh culture and uh, history. And uh, thanks for the listeners for uh, putting up with uh, me. And uh, if again, if you you want to follow uh, me, just check out the Planet Health uh, podcast because. It's it's health and fitness and but it's with a fun and cultural angle. So it's not just uh, it's not boring. It's uh, I like to make it as fun as I can. So and of course, Mark is on episode 11. So, yeah, if, if you're a fan of Mark and you've listened this far, you, you'll uh, want to check it out. But no, that, that's it for me. So thanks for having me. Well, you, you might get an extra four listeners after that, Chris, but I don't Amazing. know how much how much years <laughs> that'll be. But no, maybe maybe we'll do it again. Maybe we'll do it again next year. Maybe it can be an annual event when yeah. I'm when I'm struggling to do something for Christmas at the end of the year on the podcast. And and who knows? Maybe maybe there's some big TV executives listening, thinking, do you know what? 
I really want Mark and Chris to go back and investigate Craig and Lewis again. So let's see what happens in the new year. And until then, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, Chris. Nadolik Klauen, a blow the now there. I'm going to just say Merry Christmas and Nadolik Klauen. There we are. I can say that. There we are. Cheers. Thank you very much, Chris. And that brings me to the end of what has been a rather unusual episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. If not, the good news is I'll be back to normal for the next episode. And if you did enjoy it, well, it sounds like Chris will be back here again in 12 months time for some more fiendishly difficult questions. But I'd love to know how you got on. And if you did beat Chris's score, please let us know on social media and you can find the pair of us on all of the main platforms. All of which just leaves me to say thank you very much for listening. Dioch and Varian Amprando. I've been Mark Rees. This has been my Ghosts and Folklore podcast beaming to you from Wales to the world. If anyone needs me, I'm just popping out for a walk. Got to get those steps in. Until next time, have a wonderful new year and no star. 